DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Travis Hansen, the former Cougar. Travis, good morning. Good morning. What's up, <laughs> DJ and PK? Travis Hansen, he sat next to Brian Santiago last night, two of the biggest hotheads that I know. Isn't that right, Travis? <laughs> Uh, what? No way. Maybe maybe Brian. Brian needs to control himself a little more. But me, me, I'm just a mellow guy. Maybe now, but not then. Brian Brian Santiago is one of the greatest dudes. He was our director of operations when I played there. Yes, he was the best director of operations I think in the history of BYU. He's just one of my best friends and a phenomenal human man. It was, it was great to sit by him last night. You're trying to make up for calling him crazy. Is that the deal? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We went to Spain and Italy this uh, last fall with our wives. It was it was a fantastic experience. And we met up with the BYU team in Italy. So no, Brian, man, BYU is lucky to have him. He's awesome. Both of you, Espanol too, huh? Yeah. Well, he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> I'm I'm Chilean. I'm, I got that Real Madrid. So a little bit of a difference a there. Different. A little different Spanish, but yeah, man, he's he's a great human and does speak to Espanol. So, as we sit here waiting for BYU to play Gonzaga, are you surprised that the Zags are this good, and are you surprised that BYU is this good? Well, I'll start off with BYU. No, I told you guys Pope's a stud, man. You did. I was playing for the Hawks. He was playing for the Nuggets. It was the first time I ever met him, and he's just, you know, special. Some people are just born to coach, and and, you know, he has all the attributes and skills and talent, and, and he's paid the price, left medical school two years in and went to take a, you know, basically an assistant director of operations job and and has, has made the grind. You know, you work hard and good things happen. He's worked really hard. I think he's got probably the best staff, I would say, top 10 best staffs in the nation. Um, Chris Burgess going to be a next, you know, future head coach, Cody Feger, probably could have been already, and Nick Robinson already has been. So, you know, I think BYU special, to what they've been able to get out of these guys. I mean, obviously the players have played and they've made plays, but, man, you know, there are there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. And these guys, these guys are a great team and Pope's the best. Uh, and then the Gonzaga, they're always good. What are you going to do, man? I don't know how they do it. Mark Fuse figured a nice little formula out to get those guys to play in a system, and no matter – who leaves and who comes back and who comes in. I mean, they're just able to play to the strengths of the players they do have. And I mean, they're top five perennial school every year. It's crazy what they've been able to accomplish over there. So my thought for you is that regarding them making the NCAA tournament, which clearly seems to be possible, and I trust in your evaluation because you have been right for many times over over the years during the relationship that we've had. You've proven it to me. So I want to ask you, is this team – capable of winning one, two, three games in the NCAA tournament? Zero? Where do you fall on that one? Well, you know, it's a difficult question because it, you know, based on your bracket and your positioning and, and your seed and, you know, where you play and different things, but, um, you know, some of that's just luck. Um, you know, I, I, I was a good player. You know, I was, you know, but there were great players and you know, some of them are in jail. Some of them didn't have the right coach, the right system. Some of them got injured. 
And so you, you do got to put luck in there that, you know, just equates in, into life sometimes. But, but I think, hands down, no matter where they go, they can win two games. Now, if they're in a better, in a, in a good bracket and they get lucky and a couple other teams win that shouldn't have and they get a good placement um, and with no injuries and all these things. And, man, I think they could win three or four. Oh! <laughs> I like have him. a drink like of that. <laughs> you have left me like mom- momentarily speechless. <laughs> I did not have a. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I just think you know they're they're special in the fact that they're pretty mature um, as a team. You know, they got a lot of seniors and a lot of guys have been through the ups and downs. And you know, physically, you got to have the talent, but I think even more important, you got to have the mental side, the emotional side. And Jake Toulson, you know, the oldie child, T.J. Haas. I mean, I don't think it's Alex Barcelo getting, you know, what he's been through in his life. I mean, I don't think it gets more emotional. And so these guys are very stable. They're consistent. They, they're they not going to get rattled in, you know, two minutes left and they're tied. They've been through enough hard games. And they just continue to get really, really efficient. Uh, T.J. Haas was, is the most surprising player to me. I mean, he was he was good last year, but – He's become a phenomenal player. Uh, barely makes any mistakes. It's like a coach's dream. You're not going to make too many mistakes. You're going to make the right decision every time. And then he's he's shooting a very high percentage and and leading in a phenomenal way. So you got Yoli, you got Kobe. Uh, what's going to hurt him is Dalton Nixon. He's got to get back, but you know I think that's very questionable. So then Gavin Baxter's got to play, and Gavin's been out for so long. So I think expectations would be to win two. I think it would be phenomenal. Uh, if Dalton Nixon somehow surprisingly gets back and Gavin Baxter, you know, somehow gets the rhythm back and without playing for so long and, and is able to contribute, then you could win three and possibly four if you get, you know, some, some good placements. So Pope's doing all this uh, good work. Obviously, he's caught a lot of people's eye already, and the stuff you're predicting for the NCAA tournament would definitely turn heads. He's coached in multiple parts of the country. He's got the NBA pedigree. So people are going to come calling. Is this going to be a long-term thing at BYU, or could it be as short as uh, Tucker at Colorado and one and done? Because places he was an assistant are having terrible seasons, and man, he could be just what the doctor ordered for a lot of people in college basketball. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have plenty of options. I think he had other options besides BYU. Uh, if he would have stayed another year at UVU, I think he would have even had more. Uh, there's, he's special. What are you going to do? You know, there's guys like this that come around and you know, with the NBA pedigree, and his wife is awesome. Um, you know, when I played in the NBA, before I did 21 workouts before the NBA draft, and, the, and I noticed the best of the best teams. Like when I went, they flew me out with Chicago Bulls, and I played one-on-one with Dwayne Wade, and they were looking at us as, you know, top two or three guards in the draft. Uh, they asked us many times about our wives, and they actually flew mine in and interviewed her. And so I, I think I think people understand how important uh, your wife is and your support system around you, not only – you know, they're, they're going to allow you to put the time in to be great, but also uh, they're, they're kind of your psychiatrists, your wives, you know. You start a company, you play professional sports, you do anything in life, You at some point you want to quit. You know, at some point things get hard and, and you come home and if she's stable and, in a you know, plays that role, which Leanne Pope has got to be, you know, 
one of the best at it. And so Mark Pope has an incredible support system around him, which is going to allow him to, you know, do his job. Um, so I think Pope's special. I think, I think BYU's special. I played, you know, around the world in every NBA arena and against, you know, many, many, many teams. And I don't know how much better it gets. Uh, Tom Homo, Brian Santiago, the student section, you know, I, I, I would go as far to say is BYU is the best place I've ever played. Now, Real Madrid was pretty phenomenal. The tradition and the history, the amenities, the private planes, um, and it's how they treated us. But up probably in line with Real Madrid, which is like the Lakers of Europe, uh, BYU, you know, the amenities, the locker room, the staff, how they treat you, how much they want to win. Uh, it's just a special place. And so, and Pope knows that. He's been around the way. He's played a lot of different places, you know, and, and unless it's his old school Kentucky, which I think they just signed, you know, <laughs> Calipari to a lifetime deal. I think we have a good chance of keeping him. Well, if he gets some uh, offers, then uh, maybe some uh, mucho, mucho dinero de Hanson uh, familia. <laughs> Pope's going to get paid, you know, <laughs> one way or another. Whether it's, if he keeps if he keeps doing his job, right, like, which he's which he's done this year, and besides losing to Utah, which. It still makes me sick every time we lose to those guys. We should have beat them. What were we, up 16? Yeah, something uh, like that. Anyways, uh, that was the only bad loss, I thought. Utah's horrible. So, <laughs> they, I don't even know how to say How many games have they won this year? Those guys, man. Um, you know, besides that loss, Pope's done his job, and he's going to get offers, and he's going to get looks, and, and you know, but it, it's early on in the contracts. And, mm-hmm. But we are lucky, man. They 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 did Nella a great guy who's a great coach. Eminem still throwing shade at the Utes. Yeah, here they <laughs> here they come. Travis Hansen be whack. That didn't yeah. take long. People were at the keyboard poised waiting for that. Yeah, those guys, you know. They they try really hard. They try to be good. They try to they just there's a second tier, you know. What what are you gonna do? Oh, you can punch him. <laughs> no, we don't punch. Nick, Nick, you know, made a little mistake, but come on. You know how many times I've been punched in games and elbowed? And they're, they're, they were kind of babies. That was just that in the situation. warm-ups by the Utes. Yeah, who's a, who's a freshman who uh, went after Van Horn and got mixed up at the Huntsman? Nate, Nate Cooper? Yes, there it is. Nate Cooper is a blast from the past. Yeah, that's all fun stuff. I mean, this is, you, got, you, got, you got grown men fighting over an orange ball. You should have seen what I saw in Europe at Greece and – M80s and fire batteries being thrown at you, and water bottles. I mean, they have like protection uh, uh, behind the the bench so that you don't get smacked in the head, you know. And up here, we, you know, someone gets a, in a little tussle and everyone goes crazy. So, <laughs> Christoliak, you know, come on, man, that guy's tough. I yeah. what he was crying about. Those things were like little tiny incidences that everyone should just. Enjoy the game, and oh, sometimes, no. sometimes there's fights. Travis, it got, it got so nasty they had to take a year break, buddy. Oh, that's lame. I, you know, in Greece, we're playing Panathinaikos, Olympiakos, the two best teams in Greece, and it got so crazy that a fan tore a seat that was bolted and nailed down, tore a seat out of the concrete up in the stands, and hit 
another fan and killed him. Oh, jeez. I mean, that, that's crazy. That's a whole other level. And, and they didn't quit playing. They didn't delay it. They didn't what, they, they, they did stop that game. But the next, like I think a week later, had a moratorium to calm everyone down. And the next game, the fans just weren't allowed in, and they still played the game. And then after that, they kept on going. And so, I mean, that's crazy. That's a whole nother level of, you know, things you shouldn't do. But, you know, little fights between the games and guys getting heated. These are all young kids that are learning, and they're feisty and competitive. Come on, man. You let the guys play. For heaven's sake, it makes it fun. I've been way, way bigger tussles than any of that stuff that went on. So I'm glad they're back playing, you know. Glad that everyone came to their senses, and it's a great rivalry, and it's fun to watch, and it, and it entertains us all, which is what it's all about. You are a Utah lifer. You are a Utah County kid, and that means that you can't help but follow the Utah Jazz. And I know that you know enough people in basketball that you're following a few other teams too. And so I'm curious when you see – uh, LeBron calling the shots now in LA and acquiring teammates, even if they happen to be under contract and have to be tampered with and leveraged out of New Orleans. And then you look at Houston dealing Capella and going all in on small ball. And you look at some of the other storylines in the West. Uh, Kawhi getting back to Southern California. He's a he's a Mountain West guy, so you follow him a little bit too. Who's going to come out of the West? Who's the best? Ooh, I'm a, I'm a huge Dennis Lindsay fan, by the way. Phenomenal person really 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 good at his job justin zanuck was one of two agents i almost went with i ended up going with bill duffy but justin zanuck was here uh man back in 03 and we went to ruby river down in provo and he tried to tried to sign me um the, the jazz have done a phenomenal job year after year of just building uh a great team around them and i, I really like how they play um uh, you know, I love to see Donovan and Rudy as all stars. Uh, the Lakers are special. You know, I, I think the Lakers and Clips will be the two teams that come out of the West. You know, I think Houston's good. I, I love Luka Doncic. So here, here's a story. So Luka Doncic, he's like him and uh, and Mirokic, who's with Barcelona. We're playing with Brandon Davies. Uh, which shout out to all the former alumni, Tyler Hawes is in Bilbao, Spain, and. Davies in Barcelona and Elijah Bryant in Israel. And these guys are, you know, it's just so fun to see them continue to play and provide for their families and make some money playing this beautiful game. But, but I'm I'm in Real Madrid playing with Pablo Prigioni and Ethere Messina is our is our head coach. And Mirokic and Luca, they sign, they come in, and they they're in one practice. And coach said, they, they you know they're young, so they made a few mistakes. And Ethere Messina says, you guys are. You guys are soft. You guys are soft. You know, in his Italian accent, you're soft. You know, you're soft like Winnie the Pooh. You know, Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> and, and kicked him out of practice and put him down to the junior team. And they weren't allowed They weren't allowed to play with us. Now, both of them, your kids play with the Bulls, signed $50 million. Now he's with Barca. And Luca obviously, is an all-star and unbelievable. So coaches sometimes make mistakes with these young kids. But it's been fun to see Luca play so well and, and come out of uh, – one of the best teams in Europe, Real Madrid, to, to show what he can do on the on the big stage. But oh man, Philly's struggling. I would say Toronto, Milwaukee, Lakers, Clips, and you know, see who gets gets the NBA championship. But most likely, 
whoever comes out of the West is going to win it. So I'd say Lakers or Clippers. You know, way back when, the international player seemed like a specialist, and he was deemed as just a soft perimeter guy. Uh, you know, you go back 20 years when you were growing up. Somewhere along the line, it it obviously changed, and these kids coming over are ballers. What do you think was the difference based on your foreign experience. Now, when you bring in players like a Doncic or whatever, they're not soft. They're actually big-time ballers as, as opposed to just being a you know a standalone jump shooter back in the day. Yeah, you'd have to credit the EuroLeague and then, and then obviously the American influence over there. When, when I first went over in, in 2006, um, it depended on the team, but they were pretty soft still. And it was that soccer influence, I think. You know, they're trying to draw the foul constantly. They're throwing their head back. They're, you know, anyone that sets a pick. And Americans, we come over and we're strong and athletic and we play tough ball. And Europeans, they're more technical. You know, they're a lot more like soccer with passing and spacing and, you know, and, and way less aggressive and way less physical. And the combination of the two over the years, you can see these European players have adapted that they know. And I think a lot of these Europeans coming over here are not having great success because because the game is different. Um, you know, they've they've picked up on that. And coaches over there, there's been a ton of American influence from coaches like David Blatt. And so they've prepared these kids a lot better for what the NBA is like because it is the NBA is much more athletic, much more physical than Europe is. And you know what, Lucas six seven, Lucas six seven, you know two thirty. Yeah, and he's got the body, and so then then it's just the mental, emotional understanding. Like, dude, you're you're gonna get pounded, and these guys are gonna come right at you, and it's gonna be physical, and you can't, you know, if they if they hit you and you throw your head back and the ref doesn't call it, you know, you can't flop and fall down and roll around like it's soccer. You gotta, <laughs> you know, man up and be tough. Hey, been able to handle it. been check, check Twitter. I just saw something that made me think of you. You were going to laugh when you see this. A guy, there's a guy faking an injury, flopping and rolling around, and a guy on the opposing team gets right next to him and mocks him second for second. I mean, it's like, it's like instant replay, like two seconds later. It's hilarious. Yeah. Travis, yeah, you're, you're one of a kind. You're one of a kind, dude, because these guys who go over and serve missions or they serve in Europe or play, in your case, play in Europe, they come back and they think they're all soccer guys. You served somewhere, South America, I think, and then went over and played, and you come back and you're still blasting soccer. I love you, Travis Hansen. Tiamore. <laughs> no, I love you guys. Man, DJ PK, how long have we known each other? 20, 20 years? Yeah, it's amazing how, right. how good you guys are at your job, and people love you. And I love listening to you. I love your your takes. Um, you guys are super smart, and Utah's lucky to have you. Thank you, thank you, Travis. Although we just got someone who says Travis Hansen is a bleep, He's but not. you know what? Yeah, he you is, may- but in a nice <laughs> way. <laughs> See, Travis you know getting called that for twenty years. It's like, wait a minute, am I alive? Am Dave I still Rose alive? Called him, Travis. Man. You're a bleep. Like, whoa. Okay, good. It's a day that ends in you know what? You know what? I'm 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 in Salt Lake last weekend. My my little girl's playing in a volleyball tournament. She's nine. I go uh, to the bathroom. Guy in the bathroom. I'm at the urinal. <laughs> Guy in the bathroom says, "Are you tra- you Travis Hansen?" I said, "Yeah. What's up?" He's like, "I hated you. I hated you." <laughs> I said, "Oh, mom, for what?" You know? He said, "I'm a U fan. I hate you. You guys played so tough, and I think we lost five times out of six when you were there." 
So much respect, but I hated uh, having yeah, you beat you can, my team. You can live with that. So, you know, yeah, I can live with that. That's, that was a nice. That was a nice gesture. So to all you fans, you know, we're just going to keep winning. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can already. I, I don't even have to check Twitter. Better. I got to check Twitter. They're going to. They're going to tweet back. We're going to keep playing football. Nine in a row. Ten is coming. Come on. You know where that's going. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't know. I'm a basketball guy. That's all I care about. <laughs> Let's go. You'll care when they win. You know you will. In the meantime, yeah, no, football's it. had our number for a while. It's been good. They've 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 destroyed us. So, but what goes around comes around. You know, it's seasons of the time. Yeah, I mean that's because they're led by a BYU guy, though. Yeah, Kalani's. I, I'm a big fan of Kalani. They'll figure it out. You know, and sometimes it's luck. You know, that's why you play sports. That's why you, that's why you play the game. That's why even we all think the Lakers and Clippers should be in the finals and will be in the finals. That's why you play the game. The Jazz have a chance. You never know. Why not? You never know. That's why I predict BYU beats Gonzaga Saturday night. I know it's tough. I know Gonzaga is really good. But, oh, not having Dalton hurts. But I think think I'm a big believer, man. So, got to believe to achieve. Let's go, BYU. Yeah, I hope you're right. Thank you, Travis. Thanks, boys. Always good to talk to you. Travis Hansen, check uh, my Twitter feed. Check his Twitter feed. That video I was telling you about is right there, and I guarantee you will laugh when you see it. I did. Yach did. PK will when he sees it. It's hilarious. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? The Jazz get the final stretch of the season started, Gordon, with back-to-back home games against San Antonio and Houston. Those are not easy games, but you expect a couple of victories. I understand it's a back-to-back, but on the Jazz's home floor, with all the rest they've had now, if the Jazz have intentions on truly contending, these are the kinds of games they have to win. I tend to side with you. I think these are exactly the types of games you need to win if you're going to contend for the two slot, but also keep yourself out of the sixth slot, which certainly is possible if the Jazz don't play at their best Turn this up. catch the big show presented by mountain america credit union afternoons from three to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone it is time to get you up to speed on all the stuff we've talked about today and there has been a lot to talk about today starting with the jazz playing tonight five straight home games they've got the spurs in town and we had David Locke on, and David Locke thinks that the Jazz will finish well and be in a 4-5 series with the Nuggets because he thinks the Lakers and Clippers, like most people, think the Lakers or Clippers will be up there at the top, and he thinks Houston's going to catch fire. He is all in on small ball. He's all about it, and he thinks they are going to storm up into a 2 or a 3 seed, which leaves the Jazz and Nuggets at 4-5. And that does not excite Jazz fans. Now, is this David Locke, who grew up with Carl Malone posters on his wall, lowering expectations so he and those close to him are not depressed if things don't shake out right? Because there are Jazz fans who are crazy optimistic now are thinking, well, if they'd just beaten those shorthanded Rockets and Nuggets teams, they'd be in second place right now. And they're going to storm to the finish and be the two seed. Yeah, well, they storm to the finish. doesn't matter what happened before. Uh, those are a couple of things with, with Locke. I think I've always said everyone has biases. Even if they don't recognize them, there are certain 
they're inherent to everyone. I've got them. Every, I think everyone has them. You can't know everything. Yeah, yeah. You can't see all the options. You only know what you know. So, so that builds in biases. I, I've, as a jazz fan, especially one who's the traditional jazz fan, not like I am, now we are, uh, I would be disappointed as a 4-5. Yeah, I, I would. Because I think the talent is there. And I also think, you know, he doesn't like Westbrook, so have him yeah, but even, set, set the standards way high and then have Then when he doesn't have it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Harden. I think he's right, though, that the Capella move can help Westbrook most of all. Harden's so good. He can score. I, I Honestly, I think you could put you, me, and Yak on the floor and Harden and find a way to score. Oh, I balled with him in Tempe. That a kid. Yeah. I was the one who suggested don't save. Those, those summer runs you were in with him. <laughs> yeah. A couple of Tempe guys rolling down Mill Avenue. I can't grow a beard, James, but if I could, <laughs> I think it'd be a signature thing. James like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not downplaying expectations for this team. I've got my expectations high because I think in order to achieve, you have to believe, like Travis Hansen just said. And whatever I said for them, who cares? But I think they believe it. I think they sort of look at this numbers dude as just what that is. And I get it. So set it up so, you know, it doesn't look as bad. But I don't have any pain when they lose. (laughs) As I said, I live by it, but I don't die by it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you should try that. It's really good. I've done it too. Yeah. There was a time when I lived and died. The dying part was painful. No. (laughs) No, There's rarely a time that I actually died by it, even as a kid. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it, so I have high expectations for them, and I think they have them for themselves. I'm sure they do. I've heard them say it, and if you listen, you're going to hear them say it in the next 48, 72 hours. We've heard Donovan Mitchell say it. We've got to stop making these mistakes after a loss. He'll say we've got to stop making these mistakes if we are going to be the team we want to be. And he said it multiple times. So. See, I don't want them to die by the losses, particularly in the regular season because there's too many games. Yep. But I want them to sting because that can prove to be motivation to get better. Well, and they, just lost, they just lost the Spurs during that five-game losing streak. They're here tonight. They're playing the Rockets. This is the third and final game. Locke was pointing out it's the tiebreaker if they end up even. And the Rockets are only two games back in the loss column. The Jets should already have the tiebreaker because they should have won that thing at home. But Houston's saying that they should already have the tiebreaker because the Jazz should have never hit that shot. Well, you got 28 games to go to figure all that stuff out. Yeah. So you know. No Conley tonight. Locke agreed with us that this is just the way it's going to be in back-to-backs. There's a, a couple things going on here. One, he's had injuries all this year, and if there's some lingering soreness or whatever they don't want to talk about, there's that. And then also, it gives him a chance to play guys like Moutier, who otherwise would be hard to find time for. And the closing combinations you've talked about, and I think uh, I think we got 100% of the truth out of lock right there. I think the closing combination is going to change based on the situation. And if they have a similar situation three nights in a row, we'll see a similar lineup three nights in a row. But a combination of playing the right matchup, playing the hot hand, didn't need someone bigger and, and defensively who's going to give you a matchup, and then you go with Royce. If Clarkson's on fire because he's like, the 37-point game he had in Denver or one of the multiple 20-point games he's had, if he's got a matchup where he can crush somebody, they're going to leave him in to crush somebody. Yeah, and I think that's great because if you got all these weapons, let's utilize them. And if player X is playing better than player Y, yeah. even though player Y is thought of as a higher player on the pegging order, so what? 
go ahead and go with that. The objective is just to win the game, man, right. and that's all that matters. I mean, none of us care how the game is won. And whatever the plan is, I think what we saw in Houston, we're going to see more of too. It can literally be to the point that there's a substitution waiting to check in, and if the five guys who happen to be on the floor then get it together, you ride that. And it was when Clarkson was going to check in. It's like, well, this is a 7-0 run. It's crazy. I mean, check in right now. Let's see how far these guys can ride this. Hey, absolutely, man. Don't be sold on anything because there's no need to. Quinn Snyder has weapons. For so many years, he didn't. And now he does. So utilize them the best that he sees fit. He certainly knows more than everybody else and has the feel for it better than anybody else. So, yeah, go ahead and do it. We talked BYU this morning. They were up by 10 at halftime on Santa Clara at home. It didn't look like there was anything to worry about, and then they were down. And it was tied with four minutes ago, and T.J. Hawes did everything right. I mean, that's the kind of thing you say, but if you go back and look at it, literally did everything right, possession after possession. Either getting a bucket, getting the free throw line and making them both. He didn't miss one all night. Or setting a team up and get a teammate up and hitting somebody for a backdoor. Oh, he had an a easy sweet layup. baseline pass to uh, was it a cutting Harding? Yes, and he made the layup. Yeah. Defender lost vision for a second, and those two it beat was him. A split second. Yep, and he had to figure out how to get that ball there in a tight window, and as a bounce pass, it was the only way it was going to get there, and it got there. That was sweet. Fifteen to three run. So a game that was tied with about four minutes to go, it was suddenly over. And they won comfortably by 10. The Utes, at least they'd had the home court to hold on to this year, PK. They were 10-1 and at home, and the loss was acceptable. Oregon's really good and went right down to the end. UCLA, and they're, and they're playing better, but they're, the not best that, year. they're not that good. At home, no. And they, I, was, I was disappointed, and man. And they got up by 20. And credit the use for fighting back and get it down to single digits, end up losing by 11. But that was a really disheartening loss in a season. And it, I just think this SC game on Sunday, 4 o'clock, I think it's huge. If they win that and they go out and split a thing on the road, they could still get to 18 wins and, and be in the uh, NIT, you know, maybe get a game down in Vegas and declare victory and move on with this freshman team. They can also lose to USC, let go of the rope, and have a losing season. And that would be really disheartening. I agree. And we were talking about Larry's future. In regards to what you think should happen, I think we are on the same page on what will happen. He's got a big contract. It's a huge buyout. I wouldn't be surprised if there are changes to his staff, but I think he'll be back. And I think most of the staff will be back. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes. And that's four years without an NCAA tournament berth, assuming nothing crazy happens in the Commerce Tournament and they get in a large berth. I can't believe with the Utes' history, tradition, resources, facilities, that it, this is where we are. And yet, nonetheless, this is where we are. And, you know, it's a funny thing about Utah sports fans, and it, it no longer surprises me. Um, I think when I say it to people, it surprises them, but then when they think about it, they agree. People here don't get mad when a team bottoms out and when a team starts losing and when a team routinely doesn't reach their goals. They just go away. And they went, think they that, went away at BYU basketball. When I, Utah football had 20 bad years, they went away, but they're back now. <laughs> I think that going away is a form of anger. It is a form of anger, yes. But it isn't, uh, it isn't what we necessarily see with other fan bases. I think, no, but I think people are pretty furious about Utah basketball. You can see a little bit of it on Twitter last night. Win is enough, enough, tweets like that. Right. These games... You know, they don't mean anything to anybody else, but I think they mean a lot to the program. 
and where this program these is games, the ones they've just played, the ones they're about to play, about to play. Yeah, because mm, I agree with you 100. percent Whether about they finish packing it in, yeah, or sucking it up. And they could, they could beat SC, finally get a road win in conference. Utah's program get after to Larry took over, you know, those first couple of years maybe, but it should be at the program to at the level where uh, the program's at the level to where you should never get blitzed at home by a middle of the pack Pac-12, which basically the LA schools are good. They they're man, no doubt about that, but they're not at the top. They're sort of in the middle. Yeah, they're they're running five and six right the now. Middle's good. Yeah, everyone's log jammed up at the top. Yes, uh, first to fifth is nothing. Last it's night still was a game. great night for the conference. Uh, you know, I think the reality is if you're the Oregon Ducks, and it really doesn't matter what sport, if you come into Tempe nationally ranked, you're going home with an L. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this was. That was this all a big build up to this. <laughs> I'm waiting for some profound point. I'm just going to bang on the sun devil drum. Fear the fork! When you are nationally ranked and you're the Ducks. Oregon's lost three out of five. And they got to go play Arizona in Tucson. And Arizona's actually playing better. (laughs) Oh, really? When it comes down to Oregon and Arizona? Not with Nico there. I I don't have the passion in basketball that I do in football. In football, I would say go Ducks. But basketball, I don't really... It's I don't get involved that much. Arizona's won three in a row and six out of seven. They're, They're playing fine. better. They're playing better now, and and your guys have won uh, what eight out six in a row and eight out of nine. First time six consecutive conference wins since nineteen eighty one. What a stat! That is a <laughs> well, glorious it was all over stat. the place last night. That's where that I saw is an it. Incredible stat. But yeah, you know the Ducks came in thinking they were all that in football. We punked them. They <laughs> came in thinking they were all that in basketball. We punked them. What what do you got next? Yak, have you tweeted out the Jake Toulson interview yet? I'll retweet that. Yeah, they're all That's out. out? Yep. Okay. You miss, Travis Hansen. Miss Jake Toulson or Travis Hansen, uh, check Twitter. I'll tweet him out. David DJ James, they're up at 1280thezone.com. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen. You can get your podcast. And you can hear everything that happened on this show every hour, every day. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. My kids, when they commit to a university and a coach, I'm going to help them understand that just because transfers open up all across the country and you got a one-time transfer, it still limits a huge portion of a team from transferring because not everybody's got scholarships to just welcome transfers. You better really think this through. This cannot be a knee-jerk thing for you because what you're going to end up is without a scholarship. And, and there's kids in the portal that left thinking they'd find somewhere, and they're still hanging in the portal. Yeah, I think there's a large group of kids that think, well, I'm going to go in the portal, and everybody's going to love me. You better be a Devontae Henry Cole kind of situation where... As soon as your name hit, you had phone calls from everybody. Yep. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for your feedback. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. People tweeting at us. 
Oh, man. Uh, PK. What? We're coming up on the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. I believe in miracles. This is why BYU's going to beat Gonzaga. Sweet! You know who that puts you in line with? Tim Lacombe and Dave Rose. Senior night of motion. Coming Travis. off a cold three-point shooting game, they'll do a hot one. Travis Hansen. Travis Hansen joined us earlier. That'd be fun for him. I'd like to see it for those guys. Yep. And I think Gonzaga's already earned a number one seat anyway. What do they have to play for? <laughs> They're already locked into the top spot. Maybe, maybe two at the lowest. I don't think you're going to get dinged that much for going on the road, losing to BYU in front of 20,000 people on senior night. Tom tweets at us, Travis doesn't know that Utah beat BYU in basketball too? He does. That's actually what started that whole conversation. He was disgusted. Mm-hmm. He said that was their only that. bad loss. That was their only bad loss. He said those guys are terrible. Uh, <laughs> David Locke likes two things and only two things. Number one, numbers. Number two, talking very loud. Talking very loud? He didn't talk very loud. I talk loud. He didn't talk that loud. I'm louder than both of you. Uh, I just think Jazz fans don't want to hear they're going to be in a 4-5 series with, uh, with the Denver Nuggets. I think that's, that's what that's reacting six, to. Three. With the Houston Rockets? <laughs> or 2-7. <laughs> he could have said, man, I think they'll be lucky to get in the postseason. <laughs> uh, the question of the day, Cougars are rolling. They play Gonzaga Saturday. What kind of chance do you give them? Tony says, about the same as me going for a jog today. Could it happen? Yeah. Will it? Nope. Oh, come on. The weather's nice. Tony, it's chilly, but it's sunny. Tony, Tony rejecting exercise. Come on, Tony. Run around the block a little bit. It'll, it'll help you. I'm going to work out today. A temper expectations homer is the worst kind of homer. Locke <laughs> sounds like a friend of players and coaches who want to protect him. A five-seed first-round exit would be a huge disappointment and a black eye on the front office. Yeah, he didn't say a first-round exit, though. He did not. He did not predict the outcome of the first-round series. Yeah. So just because you get in a 4-5 doesn't mean you're losing it. True story. They've won two out of three. They've been a five seed three years in yeah. a row. Yeah. And they've beaten the four twice, and then they lost once. Right. Uh, back on, uh, what, February 18th, we asked, would you rather have the NBA All-Star Game or the Winter Olympics in Utah? And people are still tweeting at me about that. Why is this even a question? Hashtag Olympics. You're right. Hashtag <laughs> NBA All-Star Game. <laughs> Hashtag we're getting them both. You're getting them both. All-Star Game is coming in 2023. I'll be here. And the Winter Olympics are coming in either 2030 or 2034. I I won't be here. Firmly believe it's going to happen. You'll be somewhere warm and sunny. In February? Yeah. Summer Olympics, I'll be here. (laughs) Summer Olympics. Summer Olympics won't be here. They're not coming here. (laughs) That would be awesome. Summer Olympics here. Yeah, that would would be something. (laughs) Have to build a lot of stadiums to pull that off. I know, but it would still be awesome. That's what you should put on. Next poll, would you rather see the Summer or Winter Olympics? Summer. Summer are way more popular. That would be way cool. Uh, <laughs> the last the last tweet for Locke. Did Locke say there's a 75% of 48% chance of this happening 82% of the time? Uh, probably. A lot of numbers. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, more numbers coming up with Tony and Austin. Stay with us.